Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. This is How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter on Joy 94.9, the show answering the questions you didn't even know you had. Sarah Davis is the co-founder and director of charity Drive Against Depression. We talk about why her and her husband started the charity, the amount of hard work and passion required to run a charity, and how the positive change Drive Against Depression encourages inspires them to keep going. We offer the simple pleasure of a great drive with like-minded people, which is a different take on mental health support. I think the opportunity to be part of a day and a community where conversations about mental health are normalised is really important and in an environment where it's okay not to be okay. We encourage people to start their conversations over a drive if that feels right for them and then continue that conversation by seeking further help. It's really interesting, 45% of Australian adults are impacted by mental illness and that's pre-COVID and of these people, 54% don't access treatment. So we know the numbers of people experiencing hardship and distress in some way or another have grown enormously this year and if we can be part of increasing the number of people who engage in treatment by offering that starting off point, we'd be really satisfied and we would feel like we have offered something worthwhile to the community. Drive Against Depression is an organisation and registered charity founded by Sarah Davis and her husband, Adam Davis. What is the aim of Drive Against Depression? We're really aiming to create an inclusive and judgment-free opportunity for people to start their conversation about mental health and then from there find the pathway to help that's right for them. So in terms of opportunities to be involved with, to date we've run social drives and participation in the Australian Tarmac Rally Tour category, a movie night at the drive-in and we've got an online discussion forum as well. So we understand that what works in terms of help is different for everybody. There's no one way that's right for everybody. And it can take a few goes to find the right support network. We know that sometimes you try a practitioner and it's a good fit for maybe a couple of appointments and then it's not so good. So we really understand that it can take a little while to find the right pathway to help. But it's really important to persist with that until you find the people that really click. And so how does Drive Against Depression practically, how does it help them get in touch? So the first thing we do is through our events, it's all about creating that starting point. So as much as we all love getting out for a drive and and hanging out with friends, it's really about creating that non-confrontational, judgment-free opportunity for people to start their conversations. And we know that the first step to really getting help with mental health is starting to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And talking about it is such a big barrier for a lot of people. So breaking down that barrier and having that opportunity at our events to start talking. And we then encourage people to connect with different practitioners. And one of the things that we do is we can refer people to the practitioners in our mental wellness network. So we've got a psychiatrist, a holistic nutritionist and wellness coach and a naturopath. And we understand that there's lots of different ways to support mental well-being and that different practitioners and services work differently for different people. When you say that it encourages talking about mental health, do you mean that people at your events are able to talk to each other? Yeah, absolutely. It's really amazing to just see how it kind of, kind of happens. You know, somebody will just say, how are you going? And you know, 
so often we go, yeah, everything's good, how are you? And we so often just brush off that question and we find it our events and it happens really naturally, which is so exciting. But people just say, oh, I'm all right or oh, had a bit of a rough time or this has been going on with my family or it's been going on with my job and I'm just, you know, I'm in a bit of a downer. And people just seem to have that, that inclination to talk a little bit more when they're in an environment with people who are like-minded. We do a briefing at the beginning of our events and we always talk about our intention for the day and we set out very clearly that we're all here without judgment and some people are going to feel like talking with maybe a passenger or somebody new and some people don't want to talk but they just want to feel like they're in an inclusive environment and whatever works for people is okay and it's okay for people to be at different stages in their comfort level with talking about what's going on for them. Drive Against Depression through social drives, events and an online forum encourages and helps people connect to mental health care professionals. Sarah and Adam received their official charity registration in August 2017. Why did they start the charity? It was really through my husband Adam's experience with depression and his love of all things motoring became really obvious how the simple act of going for a drive with mates and hitting the road, it was powerful. And it was an interesting way to get some headspace and have an opportunity to open up about what's really been going on. Adam found that the connection with a mate and enjoying the car and the road, it's a simple formula that was an unwitting starting point for Adam to seek the help that he needed to really get stuck into looking after his mental health. And then driving against depression kind of came after that. What do you think it is about driving and being with mates that was so helpful for him? I think it's so cathartic and I think it's really an escape. I think that connecting with that thing, doesn't matter how simple it is, that thing that gives you that feeling of escape is so powerful and getting out for a drive is that thing for Adam. It was the connection through mutual interest. So for our community, it's getting together in that non-confrontational nature of going for a drive. You can sit beside somebody and not even have to make eye contact with them. There's this safe space in the car that's created where this honest conversation can start. It's quite unique and I even hear parents talk about, you know, their kids in the back seat of the car. We'll talk about what's going on for them, particularly teenagers. They talk about things that are going on in the car where mum or dad can't even look at them, but they'll talk in that safe space of going for a drive. You know, even if it's a person that you trust, you know, sometimes just that simple act of eye contact, it can feel it can feel hard to sort of move past that and, you know, sometimes you worry about somebody's physical reaction, their facial expression, but in a car you can just talk and you don't even have to think about any of that. That moment for Adam was super important and kind of life-changing in a sense because it did mean that he took the steps to take control of his mental health. How important was that initial experience of Adam's for you? It was huge. It's such a simple thing, but it was really huge. And it was really the first time it all came together, a mate and a car and a drive and a conversation. And it all sort of came into this perfect little scenario. Starting a charity had nothing to do with that first experience, but it quickly became obvious to us how many other people could benefit from having a space created for a similar experience. And having that initial space and conversation helped create enough headspace for Adam to seek the help that he needed to find a new pathway. That moment in the car for Adam was really meaningful and helped his personal mental health journey greatly. I asked Sarah if before that moment she knew Adam needed help. Yeah, I did, but I didn't know how to help facilitate that. It's really hard as a partner or a support person to see somebody else going through that struggle and not knowing what to do. You don't want to overstep, but you don't want to under support, sort of. And we find at our drives, you know, people come along who love the drive, but we also find that a lot of people come along as partners or support people and they bring their partner along because they know that their partner needs 
an outlet and that this will work for them. We've had some people come and they kind of didn't even promote to their partner what the day was all about, just knowing that their partner would really enjoy the day out and needed some headspace and, and needed that point of connection. And it was such a huge turning point for them to be able to then talk about the mental health care that this person needed. Yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing, actually. How did it go from that initial drive for Adam with his close friends to starting a charity? Adam had a few drives with his brother and a couple of dear mates in the months after that very first drive and that continued to brighten his spirits and really reconnect him with the people that he values. We wanted to share that feeling and continue getting out there and doing the stuff to support mental wellness for Adam as well as others that we knew could benefit from it. We had identified that this activity wasn't just something that Adam loved doing, but it really made a difference to his well-being. And we'd always known that, but probably never articulated it so definitively. So we organised a social drive in July of 2017, which was one of our favourite routes from Jimbrook to New G. We put it out just to our social group and, and to some friends, and we had 27 people come along for that drive and everybody made a donation on the day to the Black Dog Institute. The day was amazing. It was so much fun. There was chatter between everybody. We had fantastic roads. And the first time we really shared this idea of getting together for the purpose of supporting mental health, we left the day on a high. It was it was such a beautiful day and we really wanted to share that again. So we did another drive in November of that year. And this time we went from Croydon to Alexandra via Marysville. So it was just such a beautiful drive. And we had 35 people and the same thing. It was so humbling afterwards to have feedback from people about how the experience really impacted the participants in such a positive way. So to date, our biggest our biggest event has had just over 100 people wow. and every event, it varies in attendance each time, but the demand for these kind of drives, it's there. And those first two drives that we did in July and November, we looked at it and we just looked at it and gone, there's a desire for this, this offering value to people and it really drove us to keep going with the idea. Did you ever see yourself starting a charity or organization in your life ever? No. (laughs) No. This was a whole new experience for us. We didn't intend to start a charity. We just thought that it was going to be something that Adam could go for with his friends, that he could experience that drive. It's not something that we planned. And to be honest, it's not something that we were really experienced in doing. Sometimes we think we're a bit crazy to have just jumped in with both feet and we think, oh, what are we doing? And is this really for us? And are we really able to pull this off, especially on hard days? I think sometimes we really doubt ourselves, but we know why we did it and we need to keep coming back to that. We have always given back here and there personally where we can and we've supported causes that are important to us but we didn't think we would ever be in the position to be running the show ourselves. It's kind of been eye-opening in a way to see where this has taken us. We've always supported others in their mission and we've got two young girls, Adam and I, and all the life commitments that come with that and we didn't think we'll be doing something like driving against depression at this time in our lives. We didn't have experience, to be honest, with anything like this before but we were driven by a crazy level of purpose and passion rather than any banked know-how. We've been ever so fortunate to have the support of those in the Drive Against Depression crew who they've really coached us through what it takes to run an organisation like this. It's been a really steep learning curve and we're still very much in that learning phase. We like to think that the curve has levelled out a little bit, but every now and then we hit a hill and go, nope, we're still learning. (laughs) A little later, we'll talk about what keeps Adam and Sarah going on the days they realise they're still learning and stressful periods. But for now, 
Let's find out what a day out for Drive Against Depression is like. So we advertise the event a couple of months in advance of the day. So we do that through our Facebook and our newsletter list as well. Everybody registers to attend. So we do that through our website and all the participants kindly make a donation to attend. We send out the drive route and other logistics and such before the day. On the day, everybody meets at a set briefing point. So we always have a start point where everybody comes and sometimes it's, you know, the big car park of a pub or a park or somewhere that's easy to get to. And we always set our intentions for the day. We explain the logistics of the day and we really welcome people into the environment that we create. So the drive route is always interesting. It's always somewhere different. It always takes probably the road less travelled and something something a bit to look forward to. We kind of set off a little bit in convoy, but everybody travels at their own pace. Then we arrive at a morning tea stop. So everybody gets out of the car, has a stretch, something to eat. Sometimes we swap cars. Sometimes it's this really nice opportunity for experiencing different cars, but different conversation as well. So we do a bit of a swap and then we drive on to lunch. So we finish with a nice lunch either at a pub or a self-catered picnic lunch. It's a little bit different every time. But the lunch is always something to look forward to. And we find that sometimes people come along to the event just to enjoy a lunch out together. How yeah. many people are usually in each car or it's totally dependent on the car? Yeah, I would say average is two. So we normally get a driver and a passenger, but some people come along with their whole families. Rather than it just being about a driving drive day, it's about a family day out and it's about getting the kids off the iPad and, you know, reconnecting as a family away from work and the groceries and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a bit varied actually. Are the cars you're driving, I'm really not a car person, but are they like, you know, really special cars or is it literally just anyone brings any car? Some of them are really special and we've had some cars on loan to us from manufacturers which are limited edition cars or some people bring their own personal cars which are something a bit special out of the shed. Mm. Some people come along in the family four-wheel drive. I've taken my little hatchback along sometimes. It's, it's such a mixed bag and it's not that it has to be. It's not a car club where it's just one particular make and model of a car. It's honestly whatever you've got and whatever you enjoy driving. Yeah, so it's less about the cars and more about the company. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that there's so many different cars because that is a conversation starter in itself. And we've had interesting conversations about the beautiful color of a car just as much as some people have had really detailed conversations about engineering and race history and all kinds of different things. So because there's such a variety of cars... That's a conversation in itself. Is everyone that attends these events super interested in cars? Because I know that you and Adam and the directors of Drive Against Depression are really into automobiles. So is everyone as interested? Yes and no. Both are equally welcome. So some people come along because they really get cars. and Some people come along just because they like being out. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Some people come, like I say, because they're bringing their partner along. They're not the driver, they're the passenger. Some people come with their kids for a family day out. We've had people bring their parents along because they haven't had a day to hang out with their parents for a while and they want to do something different. So it's really a mixed bag and we love that everybody comes for their own reasons. Underlying it, everybody is there to support mental well-being. And at each drive, we see a mix of familiar faces and new participants, but we love that everybody comes a little bit for their own reason. Here I wanted to know why Sarah thinks Drive Against Depression is so important. 
I think the awareness about mental health and mental illness is increasing, but I think we often still don't know how to really be part of the conversation in a really meaningful way. I think generally the community is open to the idea that people need support through hard times and we have incredible initiatives like Are You Okay Day and World Suicide Prevention Day, but I think sometimes people don't know how to really implement those ideas in their own circles with their own friends. I think sometimes when it's with your own friends and family, it can feel harder when it's personal. So we talk we talk about this stuff on, on days of action, but what does it really look like in its simplest form and what does it take to start that conversation? A lot of people are really nervous about opening up the mental health conversation box. I think it can feel really daunting and sometimes even scary and people worry about saying something that's not quite right or potentially even harmful. And I love that there's a lot of education about that conversation now. So our drive days are really somewhere in the middle of that space. We provide the opportunity where people are really invited into those judgment-free conversations and they can make connections at our events. And we find sometimes that they last, you know, new connections with new friends, they last well after the drive is finished. And being with like my of people in that way is really powerful. So once we've encouraged people to start their conversation or even start thinking about starting their conversation, sometimes it's just the beginning of a little siege. From there, we encourage individualized pathways to help. So we've got our mental wellness network where we refer to professional practitioners. We, we encourage people to see their GP and maybe talk about a mental health plan. Rather than telling people where to go or how to get their mental health support, we just encourage them to start exploring different opportunities for help and then find the one that sits right with them. Since they started Drive Against Depression in 2017, they've seen a steady increase in the number of participants something that I'm sure Adam and Sarah are especially proud of. I wanted to know if there was a moment or moments that have happened during their events that really validated that what they're doing is important and necessary. There's been a couple of instances like that. When people approach us at the end of the day to thank us or they pull us aside quietly and they want to share a little bit about why they're there, firstly, that they felt comfortable to share what's going on for them. And secondly, that we've been able to support that conversation that's huge and that's so humbling that people are having that experience from our events. We're not mental health practitioners and we don't provide medical treatment or assessment on the day by any means, but the wellbeing support that we've been able to provide is evident on occasions like that and we hope it's one of those days that makes a difference like it did for Adam on that first day. We hope it's a moment where people can change their course a little bit and feel supported enough to step out and find the help that they need. So when people approach us and feel comfortable to share their stories, that just feels huge. And the second thing is when people approach us and say, I have started to seek help, where can you point me? And we're able to point them towards one of our mental wellness practitioners. And we know that we've achieved what we set out to. We've created a space where people are comfortable and then they're actually seeking help. So yeah, those two things, through it all, we look at it and go, yeah, we're, we're doing what we came here for. It's kind of heartwarming and it's kind of humbling and it's kind of it kind of shows us that there's an opportunity to really affect some change and to give somebody an opportunity that there wasn't there before and to have them come back and feel part of the community and yeah a repeat visitor is yeah it's huge. Running Drive Against Depression seems to be really rewarding for Sarah. It also seems like there is a lot of work to be done. I wondered if Adam and Sarah have other jobs or whether they run the charity full time. Yeah, kind of both actually. So last year, this was full-time for us, plus we have full-time jobs as well. 
And so do the other directors on our board. So it's been a juggle at times. So we would like to get it to a stage where it is a little bit more self-sustaining. So everything we do on it at the moment is voluntary. And we're so blessed to have some beautiful members of our community who offer their support with arranging different things. And when we need help with logistics leading up to an event, there's always somebody that puts their hand up to do a few bits and pieces if we need it. The load is as big as we make it. So, you know, in a year when we run 16 events, that's a massive year for us. But likewise, we can also only run potentially four or five events. So the job is as big as we make it. And the level of support we can offer the community is sort of hinged on the people power behind it. What are some things that people wouldn't know about running an organisation or charity? A little behind the scenes, it's more work than it looks. <laughs> sometimes Great. when we get to an event and we sort of, it, it's sort of a compliment really when sometimes we look a bit like a duck, like it's smooth sailing on the top and below the surface we're paddle paddling. It's quite a compliment sometimes when people have that impression and, you know, we're able to deliver something that's really amazing for the community, but, you know, we've pulled a lot of nights working on it behind the scenes. So it's more work than it looks, but it's rewarding work. And I think that's what keeps us coming back is that you can do hard things and you can do a lot of work when you see the benefit for your work. The charity work is done in and around everything else that we have going on and it's a juggle and it's not always easy, but I think it's always purposeful and sometimes you can do hard things for the right reasons. Running Drive Against Depression is a lot of hard work. As promised earlier, what keeps Sarah going on days it gets tough or days she turns to Adam and they both say, why are we doing this again? Oh, we've had that conversation so many times and we stand here and we go, we can't do this and this is crazy and we've got kids and work and all this and we go, oh, so when's the next drive? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we, we need just... a drive. We need exactly <laughs> yeah. what we're organising. Exactly. And it's, you know, the drives are really um, important for our mental health as well, the two of us. And sometimes we think that running a charity at this stage of our lives is maybe not great for our mental health, but we go to the events and we're part of the community that we've created and they embrace us as much as we embrace them. And that's, that's massive for us. So yeah, we just, we focus on the next drive and that's been really difficult this year because we just haven't been able to do that. And it's been really difficult this year. Because we haven't been able to provide the service that is so desperately needed now more than potentially ever before. So we just have to kind of keep just trying to look forward and yeah, keep our keep our eye on the next drive and that's probably not gonna be until next year. Just then the way things are looking. Bigger than ever. Yeah, and I think yeah, people just they're hanging out for the next day to get out for a drive. So we're trying to use this year, particularly now we're coming hopefully to the other end of the tough times, but we've been trying to use it to focus on the organisation rather than the events. So event planning just takes up an enormous amount of what we do, but it's also the point of what we do. So this year we've been trying to focus a bit more on the organisation itself, trying to firm that up a little bit more. And I suppose because it is such in a growth phase, we're now seeking new directors to our board who can help guide Drive Against Depression to its next step. We know we can't do it alone and we know that Drive Against Depression will benefit from an injection of new skills and expertise. So this year we've just sort of been focusing on that organisational structure and then hopefully next year we'll be back bigger and better with our drive events. It's the knowledge that their events genuinely help people and connect people that ensures Sarah continues to do what she does day in and day out. I asked whether she thought running Drive Against Depression had changed her as a person in any ways. Yeah, I do. I think really being involved in mental health support is very different sometimes than what it looks like from the outside. 
I think sometimes from the outside it looks like support services and sitting in front of a counsellor or a psychologist and you go away and work on things and you know hopefully you start to to build on yourself from that but I think that being inside it doesn't always look that clean and I think that sometimes for a lot of people mental health is two steps forward one step back and I think as long as you're still making that step forward that's really important and that's what we've seen and that sort of changed my perspective on things because it's not just smooth and I guess it's in reflective of the rest of life you know it's not always smooth but progress is worthwhile yeah so that's been really interesting it's definitely changed the way I look at things and the way I understand how people need mental health support I'd like to thank Sarah for being on the show and I've learned a lot about starting and operating a charity as well as how assisting genuine connection and effective support means continued passion and purpose. For more information about Drive Against Depression, head to driveagainstdepression.com.au. I'll leave you with Sarah and some of the cool things happening for the charity and why you should and could get involved. Our mental wellness network is developing. So far, we've got three really wonderful practitioners who are at the beginning of our referral network. And we really strongly believe that there's no one set way to mental health. And that journey involves different practitioners for different people at different stages for them. And it's okay to take more than one go to find the right person. We really believe that there's lots of aspects that can work together to offer holistic mental wellness and ultimately Being part of Drive Against Depression is about inclusion and acceptance about where people are at. It's different for everybody and we think that acceptance, it goes a really long way. So, you know, we're not not the big mental wellness organisation, but we really do feel that we offer something a little bit different for those that it resonates with and we encourage people to, to have a go and be part of what we do and see if it fits for them. Hopefully we can be back out on the road again next year and yeah, we would welcome welcome everybody along to another drive. Thanks for listening to another episode of How Do You Do That with Emily Tresseter. If you think you or someone you know would make a great guest on the show, get in touch. Email howdoyoudothat at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.